We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Ready? Down! Put, 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 put! This is the Bear Report Podcast. With Zach Pearson, Zach Pearson, and Aaron Lemming, Aaron Lemming, providing extensive coverage of the Chicago Bears. Go Bears! Presented by Blue Wire Pods. And now, here are your hosts, Zach Pearson and Aaron Lemming. What's up, guys? Welcome in, Bears fans, with another edition of Bear Report postgame podcast. We've got Usaid Koshal, Zach Pearson, and Andrew Freeman here. The Bears lost in thrilling fashion to the Minnesota Vikings by a total of seven points on the road, losing 29-22 in a game that was once again a tale of two halves. But how are we doing today, guys? And what's going on? What are your thoughts after this Bears loss? Tough one. Um, you know, that was hard. It looked like in the first half it was just going to be a complete blowout. Like Kirk Cousins started 17-17. They got pretty much anything they wanted. They were biting on the play fakes, the boot again. Um, Justin Jefferson was going crazy. But, I mean, this team, second half, they came out. You got to give them credit. I mean, right before the first half they came out, you know, firing. They should have won the game. I'm not a fan of moral victories. But I think it is a moral victory. I think when you look at it, you know, the biggest thing is the progression of some of these players, including Justin Fields. And I think we can walk away today saying Justin Fields had a pretty good game, his probably best game of the season. And, you know, it wasn't all negative. It wasn't all bad despite them falling the two and three. Yeah, honestly, I feel pretty good about this one. Like, is it weird that I feel better about this game than I did about the Houston Texans win or the 49ers win, if that makes sense? Because it's like at the end of the day, like what's the important things that you want to see this year? You want to see this team, you know, coached well. You want to see this team fight hard and, and be competitive against teams that are above their weight class, so to speak. And more importantly, you want to see Justin Fields go out there and play well. And lo and behold, like this is the first game that I actually thought that Justin Fields went out there and played legitimately like a very good game from him. You know, there were some rough spots in the first half, like you said, Zach. But I mean, the second half, he was money. He was making a ton of throws. I think I saw a stat out there. He was 12 of 13 in the second half. Um, this is his first game going over 200 yards passing this year, which, I mean, it's, it's a low bar, you know, considering the rest of his performances this year. But, yeah, he looked really good. He had a touchdown that call, got called back due to a penalty that was just an amazing athletic play. And, you know, the Bears, you know, they came back. It looked like they were dead in the water early in this game. You know, I think we all thought this was going to be a blowout. 
after those first few drives where the Vikings just marched down the field, the offense wasn't doing anything, and it just looked like, oh, well, you know, the Bears better pack it up and, you know, go home from this one. But, yeah, it was um, an exciting second half, to say the least, and I, I think the best the best thing that we saw from this was that Justin Fields took a giant step forward in this one, and that just gives us – you know, a little bit of a positive outlook for him moving forward because it, it has certainly been a little bit negative for him in the last few weeks. Yeah, it certainly has been negative. And I think, you know, my general takeaways in this game were just a simple fact that, like, Justin looked much better, which we'll get right into. But ultimately, there were a lot of bright spots, right? You talk about Kyler Gordon kind of being inconsistent in the first half, and I thought that Third and fourth quarter, Kyler Gordon came along really well in terms of just tackling and holding up in coverage. You know, the run game today wasn't great by any means. I mean, David Montgomery and Khalil Herbert combined for 31 rushing yards. Justin Fields had more rushing yards than both of them combined. But then also, I think, you know, the wide receivers did get more involved. Now, I still have an issue with the Bears wide receivers simply because, Darnell Mooney had that one highlight reel play, but then a couple plays before that, Dante Pettis had that wide open drop in the first quarter, I believe it was. And, you know, those are the things that absolutely kill you because you're an offense that I think is trying to find consistency. You're trying to find momentum. You're a passing offense that right now is, quite frankly, one of the worst in the NFL. But also... There was a lot of good progress today in terms of that. So for me, you know, my general takeaway is it's like, was today the scoreboard indicated that the Bears lost? But today was still a major W for the Bears because the offense played much better. And I was saying this consistently on Twitter throughout the game in terms of it's like, look, at the end of the day, people are going to focus on the win-loss record. But really what matters this year is not even the performance of the defense, not necessarily the performance of the special teams, but just what this offense does week to week because it is a pass-driven league and your future is not the defense or the special teams. It's the offense. Well, here's the thing. They pretty much gave Justin Fields a bunch of guys who are probably not going to be on many rosters in the NFL. That's what happens when you sign fringe roster players. You go bargain bin shopping and nothing against them. I'm sure they're all nice players and nice guys, but Dante Pettis dropped two passes today. Um, uh, Amir Smith-Barset had a, whether it was a penalty or not, whatever, he had a block in the back call that wiped away a touchdown. And, and, it's a, and it's something he didn't even have to do. Just play the sideline. And then later on in the game, he doesn't play the sideline and he fumbles and gets stripped. So that's kind of what happens. I mean, they signed Byron Pringle. They signed a Q St. Brown. They signed Dante Pettis. They signed Smith Marset. They signed a bunch of guys that at best, what you're looking at like Pringle and St. Brown is third or fourth guys on other NFL rosters at best. So it is what it is. I mean, they literally did not do much, you know, thankfully Vales Jones had the one, you know, touchdown pass. Um, but still, I mean, they got no one outside of Darnell Mooney. Yeah, I mean, we talked about this ad nauseum here, so I don't want to get too much into that. But we, I think what we've seen like in the past, past few weeks where it felt like Justin Fields wasn't doing his part, you know, where you did see some guys open and, you know, the pass protection isn't great, but there were plays where he did get enough time to scan the field and, you know, see open receivers and 
he wasn't holding his end of the bargain. Today, it felt like the exact opposite, where it felt like, you know, I don't, I didn't think the pass blocking was too bad or too rough in this game. There was, it was definitely better than what we've seen in the past, but it definitely felt like Justin Fields got let down by his receivers quite a bit in this game. And, you know, that was, that was something that I think we all expected going into this year because, I mean, like you said, Zach, when your only two major acquisitions in the offseason on offense are Byron Pringle and Lucas Patrick, and I guess we knew the draft, Fields Jones, like, I mean, like, what are you really expecting here when it was already a pretty bad unit um, before those signings were made? So, um, again, this was it, was it was tough from watching that aspect of things, but, again, from a – macro level here i mean this is some of the things you want to see from fields in terms of i think taking that step forward uh it didn't look like he was holding on to the ball as much in this game it looked like he was getting through his reads a little bit faster a little bit more decisive in this one so if you want to touch on just the fields performance i i thought you know this was a giant positive but yeah it, it was definitely a, a giant l from uh all the receivers in this one besides like mooney because um just not enough here from those guys and i think that was a huge difference in the outcome of this game and, you know, looking at Justin's performance in this game, like, look at the first three weeks, for example, right? You're talking about a quarterback that we said was playing with no confidence, wasn't throwing the ball, he was holding on to it long because the O-line pass pro was completely shaky. You know, you also had wide receivers that could get no separation. And some of that stuff... I'm not even going to lie, did pop up today. But also I think what matters more than anything is the simple fact that Justin played much better today, and that itself is a major development for the Bears. You're talking about a QB who's getting more confident. He's developing that chemistry and that rhythm with Matt Eberflus and Luke Getze, as well as the rest of the coaching staff. He's willing to basically let loose, not be conservative, and say, yeah, you know what? I may throw an interception here or there, but it's not a big deal because it's all part of the learning process. I thought Justin's reads were much better today. I think that he's still figuring out in terms of that chemistry with Darnell Mooney as well as the other receivers. But overall, he just seems to be playing with a new confidence around him that we didn't see the first three weeks of the game. Now, I want to touch on the chemistry with Darnell Mooney. I think that going into this year, right, especially when we were at training camp and we had kind of heard, oh yeah, you know, Justin and Mooney have been working out at Hallis Hall and they linked up in Atlanta at some point during the offseason to kind of go ahead and develop chemistry. Everyone on social media was getting hyped and deservedly so because I think that that is still a QB wide receiver duo that has the chance to be one of the top ones in Bears history. But also, I think what matters is that no one really accounted for the fact that those guys were just practicing at practice speed. And when it comes to game speed, it's a completely different animal. Like that first shot that Justin had to the end zone, there are actually two back-to-back plays, right, where Justin was trying to target Mooney. The first play was a go route, and Mooney gets held up in P.I. by Patrick Peterson. Second play, it was 100% on Mooney, I thought, because he – ran the right route, was open, Justin made the right read, but unfortunately Mooney didn't get his head turned back quickly enough to really be able to secure, locate, and then be able to track the ball. So I think that it's those instances where you're like, okay, Justin's gotten much better, but then again, he's still got an incredibly long way to go. And if you look at his stat line, I mean, he was 15 for 21, 208 yards, 100 18.8 passer rating, one touchdown, no interceptions. That's still progress compared to where we were on September 11th. 
Yeah, and you know that's what you want. You want the progress. You want to see games like this. But now he's got to stack them. They got to be consistent. And you know they're gonna have to throw the ball a little bit more now because the, the running game has not looked good the past two weeks. They got David Montgomery back. Outside of a couple runs, um, it, it was pretty blah for in my eyes. Um, there's still a lot of issues I have with this team. I think it just goes back to it's a rebuild. It's a lack of talent. Like you look at the offensive line, um, Sam Mustafer was getting beat bad again today. I didn't think Larry Borm, Larry Borm had a good day at first look. Um, you know, Tevin Jenkins had a penalty overall. He was probably pretty decent. Braxton Jones is still a fifth round pick out there. It's going to happen, you know, but they just don't have the talent on offense and defensively. I mean, the secondary second half played pretty well, except for that final drive. It just kind of felt like that Tampa two style defense. Um, just letting everything underneath you kind of burn them a little bit. They weren't getting a pass rush on that drive. They were playing five, six yards cushion off of the wide receivers on like second and four, third and four situations, and it burned them. But yeah, I mean, overall, Justin Fields, you, you just you want the progress. You want him to now co- to stack these days, consider stack these practices and, and games consistently, and then you can open up things more. I was happy they opened up the passing game today. I, that was one of my big things. Just let him throw the ball. I mean, if he throws 15 interceptions, whatever, let him throw the ball. That's, that's all we're asking for. Yeah. I mean, we knew that the run game was going to be like what they were doing, especially when we look at the first three weeks of the season. Like we knew that wasn't going to be sustainable, especially when we look at that Texans game where they ran for what, like 284 yards in that one. Like we knew that was going to come back down to earth at some point. And that they were going to have to lean on Justin a little bit more as the season was going to go on. And we saw that. I mean, the last two weeks, the run game has not nearly been as efficient as it has been. And I think that's just the nature of you're such a run-heavy team. Like team, Teams are going to key in on that. And I thought the Vikings, uh, their defense did a really good job of really keying in on that. It seemed like every single time there was a first down, like the Vikings were run blitzing it every single time. And I mean, we saw that you know, play out multiple times in this game where there was just nothing there for uh, David Montgomery or Khalil Herbert, like it happened so many times in this one. But uh, the one positive I sell, say on that is that I think that Luke Gessie kind of recognized that. And I like that the first couple of drives, they went, they they came out throwing the ball and they were, I wouldn't say aggressive throwing it, but they were letting Justin Fields make plays um, in the passing game uh, a little bit more early on to get him in a rhythm a little bit and get things easy for him. And, you know, it wasn't perfect. Like the first half, I'm not going to like sugarcoat it. It was pretty rough at times. Like Justin Fields only had three completions in the first half. It was not like a great passing performance by him by any means. Like other than the Darnold Mooney catch um, late on that last drive of the first half uh, that led to the touchdown, like there wasn't a ton of positives from a passing game perspective other than it seemed like there were a lot, a lot more cognizance of that they needed to get Justin Fields in this passing game in a, in a little bit of a rhythm first. Um before just running the ball down the Vikings' throat. And, I mean, there were a couple of miscommunications this one. Like, I thought it was a pretty messy first half from the offense. Like, when you come out in the first play and Kari Blossom game doesn't even know he's supposed to be on the field, like, uh, that's pretty rough, <laughs> a rough start right there. Did, did um, they had in their second yeah. drive in the first play, too. Right. So it was just a lot of sloppy play. Like, there were a couple of miscommunications between Justin Fields and Darnell Mooney, like, it was not a pretty first half. And like, um, again, again, like I, I think the second half really overshadows that, but like we said, they, they were able to bounce back from that and make it a competitive second half. And uh, we saw things start to come together for them a little bit. So you like that they were able to bounce back and 
put things together. But like Zach alluded to a little bit earlier, you know, they, they need to start stacking these game by game now and not just have this be a flash in the pan in the second half, because at the end of the day, like I think it's going to be a consistent theme now where this run game has regressed back to the mean. I don't think they're going to be able to rely on it like they have done the first few weeks. They're going to have to rely more on Justin Fields in this passing game. You know, can they start putting together more consistent performances there? I think only time will tell from that standpoint. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And one of the things the Bears have stacked this year is scoring on that first possession, be it touchdown or be it field goal. You look at week one, the Bears did not score in the first half at all, not even the first possession of the game. And then week two, they marched down the field and Green Bay scored a touchdown, right? And then weeks three, four, and five, they marched down the field and scored a field goal. Now, I still consider that progress because, again, when you kind of turn back the clock and you look here in Chicago, like this is the first time I can remember a team marching down the field and at least putting something on the board to kind of – gain some sort of consistency and confidence. But then again, you know, that's also been offset by the simple fact that it's like the Bears march down the field and they get a field goal or a touchdown. They score on their first possession. And then what happens is the next couple of possessions right after that are just absolute dumpster fires. You look at the case in week five. I mean, this game, the Bears score a field goal and then go two straight three and outs, right? And then you score three straight possessions after that with two touchdowns and two field goals so you score four straight possessions but then again it's just like you know this team's getting it but you also wonder okay are they really getting it and the reality of it is this it's like you look at you know that first field goal in the second half that the bears had i really think that that was a drive where it should have ended up in a touchdown you know you look at the final possession of the game the bears i thought were driving but forget the emir smith march set fumble for a second to kind of wrap the game up what really killed any sort of momentum on that drive was just that giant strip sack that justin fields basically had or i believe it was like the strip sack fumble which it was um and all of a sudden it's like you're gaining consistency you're gaining confidence and then boom what happens it's like you get sacked and you move the ball back like 10 yards and then you have like a 23 yard gain i believe to running back david montgomery which was a pass play. So pretty nice job there recovering. But, you know, this offense, it's just like it's up, then it's down, it's up, and then it's down, right? And they're still trying to figure out, like, what exactly that middle ground is. And I think looking at the running game, like the running game had its 
worst game of the season today, right? But the reality is this, and Andrew and I talked about this a couple weeks ago on Picks for Polls. The running game that the Bears are running, this method, like it's not sustainable at all. But you still, I think, as an offensive coaching staff, have to figure out how do we adapt and how do we adjust, right? And I think one of the ways they could have adapted much better today was getting Khalil Herbert more involved despite having David Montgomery back. Yeah, I mean, they could have done more to, I think, incorporate both running backs in this one. But at the end of the day, like the Vikings were keying in on it. So, you know, it's it's tough to say whether they could have gotten the run game going even more. But, you know, I, I think the inconsistency is just a part of the entire process here because you're dealing with a ton of new players, a ton of guys that just aren't, you know, they're not. Let's just face it, this isn't like the the 99 Rams or anything like that on offense. This is the greatest show on turf for, you know, the – you know, the, the cheese with Patrick Mahomes and all the weapons he had with Tyreek Hill and Kelsey, they're like not on that level by even close. So, you know, there are going to be some growing pains and there's going to be some rough spots here. But um, again, the positives are that they were able to put together um, in the second half. They were able to show some things and Justin Fields was able to show some things. Now, defensively, I don't know how, how much we're going to get into it because uh, I think we have to talk touch on defense like a little bit here before we get into our um, individual players that sit out in this one, but uh, defensively, like how do we think they did in this one? Because I think the, the first half was a really rough defensive outing from them. Like Justin Jefferson had like a million catches in the first half. Um, it seemed like, but they were able to put it together in the second half a little bit. And they were able to hold uh, the Vikings um, basically to nothing until late in the game. But that like that last drive, I don't know how you guys feel about it, but I just feel like the Bears were way too conservative with like all the soft zones calls and just way 100%. too many, too many, too many plays where Vikings players are just running wide open in the middle of the field there. Way too much. Um, like I said it before, like it's just they were given way too much soft cushion. Um, Roquan Smith's got to make some tackles, man. Like he looks really bad. Like he, I thought he had a good game. What was it? A couple weeks ago against Houston. Yep, against Houston. And, yeah, I mean, against the Giants, he was okay. I mean, they were biting on everything. They're missing tackles. He's got to tackle better. He's got to be better. I mean, if you want to get paid like that, man, you gotta you gotta play a lot better. You need him to show up. But yeah, I, I, I said I think that Tampa two style kind of bit them. Like, I mean, it, it just I don't know. It was kind of a tale of two halves essentially for the defense. Like we said, I mean, they 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 were given up everything to, to Kirk Cousins and Justin Jefferson in the first half and second half, you know, they did what the defense usually does. They, this is the first time they give up a touchdown in the second half. They played good enough to win. The bears offense played good enough to win. They just couldn't get the stop at the end and they made, you know, a key mistake at the end as well. But yeah, it was, um, it was interesting because I, I, it did look like it was going to get ugly for the defense, like quick. It looked like, I mean, they, they just Kirk Cousins was just not going to have an incompletion or anything like that. And and it was, for me in that first half, it, it just looked like it's could have been a complete blowout. And, and I said it on Twitter. I said, now this is where you look for development. You look for progression uh, with your roster. What guys are going to stand up? You know, it doesn't even have to be rookies or young players or the quarterback. I mean, it could be someone like Justin Jones, who I think had a big second half. Kyler Gordon kind of turned around the second half. He was inches away from what – you know, 99% probably would have been a pick six if he picks that off. I don't know why people are arguing in my mentions saying it wouldn't have been a pick six. It 100% would have been a damn pick six, like if he caught the ball. So 
Um, yeah, I mean, Jaquan Brisker was all, all right. We have to remember something, though. Like, the Bears have Jalen Jones. They had Kendall Vilder, who played well, had the interception. Um, you know, they had a young kind of secondary as well out there with Kyler Gordon. So it was no easy task. And I thought they kind of, you know, played well in that second half. And, you know, the 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 one-yard quarterback sneak can't really do much about it. Um, the Bears are apparently be the only team in the NFL that can't get a quarterback sneak in at the goal line because they run shotgun and don't know how to do it. Um, and then the two-point play, like, that's Justin Jefferson. I think you got Jalen Jones. That's that, I, Like, Jalen Jones, I, I mean – like, what are you supposed to do? He's an undrafted rookie. Like, you're going up against the best wide receiver in the NFL or one of the best wide receivers in the NFL. What are you supposed to do? So, yeah, I mean, overall, I thought the defense, the second half was was better. It was just I kind of felt like Minnesota was kind of shooting themselves in the foot a lot, not to discredit the Bears' defense, but shooting themselves in the foot a lot in the second half. And eventually they were probably going to get down and try to score. So you got to turn those two field goals into touchdowns, and you got to be better there. Because if you get those it's touchdowns, the game's over. You win the game. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Okay, so let's kind of kick it right into our studs and duds segment. And, you know, I personally think one of my studs from today, I... I'm going to go Darnell Mooney on this one. The easy pick is obviously Justin Fields. Now, when you look at Mooney's stats, right? I mean, he only had two receptions for, I believe it was 52 yards, but he had the one big, or I'm sorry. Yeah, he had two receptions for 52 yards, including the 39-yard gain. I still think that, that there was a lot of progress for a guy like Darnell Mooney because ultimately when you look at it, I mean, considering where he was last year and what he did eclipsing over a thousand yards against the Vikings in that week 18 game. And then you look at where he was in terms of the start of the season and kind of the criticism he's taken. It's been very clear, like he's responded really well. Now, obviously, I think the only thing that remains for Mooney is two things, right? Number one, he has to consistently stack these performances on top of each other and then number two the big thing is can he find the end zone and kind of become that scoring force and you know for the Bears it's going to be very interesting to see what this team looks like because they're playing again on Thursday night against the Washington Commanders at home yeah I'll say for uh, my stud here I could go with Justin Fields because I think we've uh, – I mean, we talk about Justin Fields a ton in this podcast, so I don't want to go too heavily towards that direction here. But, I mean, he played an amazing game. I'm trying to think of other guys that stood out in this one. You know what? I'll, I'll, 
I'll say that Kindle Vildor stepped up in this one. You know, again, we talked about the secondary struggle, but Kindle Vildor made a great play in the second half to get the interception. I think Kindle Vildor's gotten a lot of flack from a lot of us on, uh, as Bears fans, Bears Twitter, Bears analysts, whatever. You know, I know he's not a great cornerback by any means, and, um, you know, he's definitely had his fair share of struggles. He's a young guy still, so that's to be expected as a, like a day three pick. But, you know, he's stepped up. He's looked better this year in this defense, I think, compared to last year. Um, where he's able to keep his eyes on the quarterback a lot more. And you saw that on that interception where he kept his eyes on, on Kirk Cousins on that rollout the entire time. He kind of baited him into that interception. And that was a huge play for the Bears because I think it led to the Bears getting the lead on the field goal in that next drive, um, if my memory's not mistaken there. But um, that was a good play for Kindle Vildor. I thought I, I think he's shown some nice things um, so far this season. Like, again, um, has he been great? No, but he's been a lot better than I, th- I think than last year, and um, that was a really nice play that he made um, late in this game. Yeah, there's – I don't know. There's not really a lot of, like, studs in this game because it was kind of more of just, like, team effort, and, you know, obviously Justin Fields is the easy one to kind of pick from. Um, but, like, you know, I'm going to kind of go with a unique one. I think the second half – Bears, probably my stud in the game, just because of how they came out. And after, you know, they cut the lead at 21-10 at halftime. I mean, if we did this podcast after the first quarter, every single one of us would have said the game would have been 35-3, to 35-10, pretty much going into like the third or fourth quarter. Like it was on track to do that. So I just got to think the second half for the Bears was my stud. You know, they did give it up at the end. I mean, they fought back. They had the lead. Um, they looked better, especially the offense. Justin Fields looked better in the second half. Um, he was 12 of 13, 135 yards in a, in a touchdown pass in the second half, had 36 rushing yards. Probably should have had another 52-yarder. Um, that was a touchdown, a highlight reel. Um, not for, I thought it was a bad call. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I think the second half Bears were probably my stud of the day. I mean, yeah, the second half Bears I think is certainly – an intriguing one because again they did come out and have two touchdowns and two field goals you know kind of flipping it over here it, it's it's almost like it's tough to totally pick a dud but this was a tale of two halves right but if there was going to be one specific player that I had to label as a total dud in this game and I know that a lot of people are going to be like whoa okay this was not the name we expected here. I would definitely say it's linebacker Roquan Smith for me because yeah, he's a guy who like pads the stats and stuff, but then at the end of the day, what makes everything so polarizing is it's like on the one screenplay, he was right there. He should have had the tackle and then just gets completely blown off. Right. And isn't able to go ahead and make the tackle. And I think what's frustrating this year is like, Roquan Smith kind of went through this offseason where he was at camp, he was present, but he was all holding in and he was in good spirits. And then when we finally got a chance to hear from him on like the one Saturday afternoon, I think it was in camp, his whole thing was, well, you know, I'm going to go ahead and kind of bet against myself here. And you do really wonder, okay, maybe just maybe Roquan Smith does not necessarily fit what this team is looking for in a 4-3 will linebacker, but also is he a player that, you know, this coaching staff can legitimately build around? Because stats are great, but Roquan Smith has not kind of had the impact I think a lot of people hoped he would. And again, he had ups and downs in this game, but 
I still think that he just hasn't been as good as he's advertised himself to be and the way that a lot of people have thought he was going to come in and perform. Yeah, uh, Roquan, you know, I was mostly in his camp um, during the whole contract fiasco that happened during training camp. For the most part, there were some parts of uh, that negotiation as you all, that was, I thought was pretty bad on Roquan's part, but I don't want to get into the, that too much, but yeah, he hasn't, he hasn't played like that 20 million linebacker that I think he wants to be um, so far this season. Like other than that Texans game, like you said, just the impact isn't really there. He's still racking up the tackles, but um, yeah, he's just not making too many game changing plays at this point. So you'll, you need to see more from him moving forward um, for my dud. Um, you know, I have to do it. Amir Smith Marset, man. Like, it's tough to say the guy was the reason why your team lost just one guy because there were so many reasons why the Bears lost this game. Like, from the slow first half to, you know, the defense letting the Vikings drive down the field in the second half. Like, to there are a lot, a lot of reasons why the Bears lost this game. But two key plays in this one really were deciding factors in this one. And that was the Justin Fields scramble for a touchdown being called back because of the Amir Smith Marset block in the back. Um, and then that final fumble on that final drive, which, it, you know, the Bears had some momentum going. You know, we talked about the sack earlier where Joseph Fields, you know, got, you know, got that forced fumble. They were able to fall on it. And you're thinking, oh, like all the momentum's lost. Like, but then Dar- <laughs> uh, David Montgomery comes back with that, you know, really nice play to get a huge chunker. And you're like, okay, now the Bears are back in business. Now they just need to get, you know, a couple more plays here. They got, um, Definitely, they had definitely had a lot of time to get down there and get a touchdown. And then Amir Smith Marset, man, situational awareness, just get out of bounds. That's really what it comes down to. Like, um, I mean, he did get bodied uh, by um, Cameron Dantzler to take the ball away from him, basically. But at the same time, it's like the initial the problem with the play was that he didn't get out of bounds right away. That's what he should have done. You just got to know, like, it's two minute drill. You don't really, I don't think they had any timeouts left. Like, get the ball. Get out of bounds. If they did have time, I was like one timeout or something like that. Like I'm not sure, but um, get the ball, get out of bounds. And again, it's, it's just one of those where you kind of saw it coming in the moment when it happened. And it's like one of those like it's like watching a car crash, or it's like you're seeing it in real time. It's like oh no, don't don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. And uh, yeah, did not work out well for them. So I'd say it, it's tough because he hasn't been able to get on the field a lot this season. I know this was kind of a revenge game for Amir Smith Marset since he was drafted by the Vikings playing against the Vikings, uh, which is pretty cool for him at the start. But yeah, that was a, that was a rough ending to the game. And just, just one of those things where a young player, uh, you just got to do the smart thing there and get out of bounds in that last play. Yeah. I mean, those were probably the two, not obvious, but those were two biggest ones. Um, I'm going to go a little different here. I'm going to go myself. I'm a dud for picking the Jacksonville Jaguars in my survivor pool. Never again. Saving the Buffalo Bills to Thanksgiving does not work. Um, also, I think the first half Bears defense, that's that's my dud. Um, the first quarter, that was terrible, terrible, terrible. Um, you know, what could have been, if they, they just made one stop on, on one of those drives, because it was just way too easy for Kirk Cousins. On the flip side, though, like, they made, they made adjustments and they played a lot better. So yeah, I'll go with the first half defense as kind of my as my dud. Um, an NFL dud. I don't know if you guys saw this or not. Um, did you see the play in the Falcons Bucks game with a third and five Tom third and four Tom Brady drops back, gets sacked by Grady Jarrett. Okay, tackles him, 
and he's bringing him to the ground. They called roughing the passer because he rolled over. Disgusting. That Disgusting was, call. That is absolutely Hated it. ridiculous. I know it has nothing to do with the Bears. That is absolutely ridiculous. Like that might be the worst call I've seen. That's one like of those. All the time. That's one of those where it's Tom Brady and yeah, it was he's getting it called. Oh my gosh! I I watched that and I was like, nope, that's not roughing the passer. Not even close. But yeah, no NFL officiating, not their brightest moment. For sure. Definitely wasn't their brightest moment. The Bears had a number of bright moments on Sunday afternoon, a number of moments that also kind of made you want to throw something at your TV. But I think when we look at it here, guys, I mean, we are looking ahead now to week six against the Washington Commanders. But just what are some closing thoughts for you guys from week five? Because for me, I think what it comes down to ultimately is that in this game, I mean, the Bears showed they once they put it all together this and i think that it is going to come later in the year but once they put it all together this could very well be a incredibly fun team to watch despite the win loss record cuz i think this year what the bears are showing us is like forget the win loss record now we're just focused on finding the right football players to fit for the team and the vision moving forward. Yeah, I'd say in terms of if you're just looking at this season, like this is a tough loss to take um, just because they fought all the way back. They had the lead late. They had a chance to go down there and tie the game on that final drive. And just to end like that, um, it's a tough one to take. But if you're looking at the bigger picture here, um, this was an elite. I told you this out. This was an elite rebuilding tank loss for the bears because you saw the things you wanted to see in terms of young guys stepping up. You saw Justin Fields playing well. You saw them, saw them playing competitive for the most part. Um, and they lost the game. and got better draft position because of it. Like I hate to be that guy, but if you're like me, I'm not really, I don't really care what the wins and losses this year. Like there are a few things I'm looking for this year. I want to see Justin Fields play good. I want to see that this team is well coached. I want to see some young guys step up and some guys that they can build around to be a foundation moving forward. Those are the things that I'm concerned about. If you're looking at the season through that mindset, I think there's a lot to like from this game. Um, And that's a good thing because it looked like it was going to be a rough one early on in this one. So the fact that we're talking about this in such a positive light compared to, I'd say like the first half hour I'm watching this game and it's just like a train wreck that I can't look away from um, for all that time. uh, Definitely, definitely feel a lot better about that than um, what we got in that first half. So I'd say just, you know, while they lost here, there are definitely a lot to build off of here and, you know, we'll see how they do on Thursday night because short week and, Anything can happen on, on those Thursday night games. We know those can get pretty wacky. Yeah, you still don't know which Carson Wentz is going to show up either. <laughs> it's crazy. Um, yeah, no, I agree. I, I everything that Andrew said, it's just I agree. I, it's it's a loss, but that's what you want to see in losses: development from players. And I think the best case for you know for the Bears this year is to get into the top five. You know, top ten wouldn't be bad. Also, but also Justin Fields shows development, shows he can be a guy to run your offense and you can go out and spend money and get him some weapons next year. So yeah, I mean, you know, it's a loss. It sucks. It's hard. The players are not going out there trying to lose or anything like that. But you saw some development in some of these guys. You know, Fields, you saw Kyler Gordon, I thought played a better game today. Um, you know, Quan Brisker looked pretty decent out there. You just want to see the development in these guys. And I think we saw that today, despite the loss. 
I agree with you guys. I think that this is going to be a game the Bears kind of look back at this season. And I think even next offseason, we're kind of sitting here talking about the state of this team and just where they're at, right, and kind of bright moments. We're going to look at this Week 5 loss to the Vikings as being the one where they were down 21-3, to scored 19 unanswered points, shut the Vikings out in the third quarter, and then kind of – went all the way down to the wire. So it's definitely one of those where there was a lot more progress made than people are going to give the Bears credit for because the scoreboard and win-loss record indicate the Bears' loss. But at the end of the day, I think the Bears still came away with a lot of Ws here. But that's going to do it from us. Make sure you're following us on Twitter at Bear Report. Check out the Picks for Polls podcast as well. We dropped that on Friday at mornings typically you can check out all our post game coverage on the bear report website and then you can follow myself andrew and zach on twitter at usaid koshal at aj freeman 25 and at zach underscore pearson that's z-a-c-k underscore pearson we'll be back in a couple days here looking ahead to week six but for now bears fans bear down and enjoy whatever is left of the sunday as the bears get ready for the washington commanders on thursday night football but peace out for now When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Mail checks, invoices, documents, and everything you need to keep your business running. Get rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS. And with the mobile app, you can take care of mailing on the go. Make the same no-brainer decisions as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.